Welcome to the House of Strauss. Yeah, go for it. Stars hang with stars, winners hang with winners. Welcome to the House of Strauss. We are joined by Spike Eskin, uh, writes Ricky Sanchez, co-founder, co-host, whatever you want to call it, and big time, the biggest time muckety-muck at the legendary WFAN sports radio station out there in the New York area. How you doing? I'm great, Ethan. How are you? <laughs> I'm fantastic. How goes the muckety-mucking out there? What with what with Aaron Rodgers going down? What with uh, these New York teams, man? I mean, I feel like you're, you're the Sixers guy to all of us, but you have a you, you have a stake in this New York sports scene. Are you living and dying just for the sake of content? I'll I'll say it was a. You gonna pay all this? Hey, <laughs> I, I was, can. Well, whatever. It's not that big a deal, actually. No, 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 no. We'll pay all. Well, this is this is good. This is good. I like an excuse to get greedy. Let's do it. <laughs> it's not. It's actually something I've admitted on my podcast that I got like destroyed for it. So obviously, I'm a Philadelphian, born and raised, and you know, while a lot of my rooting for teams has sort of been muted by working in sports radio, in my gut. I, I am still an Eagles fan, like deep down there in my gut. But we're partners with the Giants, and whether the if the Giants and even the Jets play well, it's good for business. You know, it's good for our hosts. It's good for the area. And the Giants are down twenty to nothing to the lowly Arizona Cardinals. And I see the the first football season in New York, where both teams were supposed to be good, like the anticipation in a very long time after the Rodgers injury, and with the Giants down twenty to nothing to a team like purposely trying to lose, I see our fall just completely falling apart. And mm. the Giants start making this comeback. And Daniel Jones hits like Waller. And I'm like, yeah. And then Saquon <laughs> Barkley, you know, hits the pylon and scores a touchdown. And I'm like, yeah. And I was genuinely happy. And it was really <laughs> like I felt... <laughs> A little inside, like I shouldn't be so happy. So that's my personal football story. But for for us as a radio station, it the Rogers injury. It's been amusing to watch the Jets fans and how they consume it, but was was a a crushing moment I think for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, produce great content in the short term, though, Spike. I am getting a huge kick out of all you post from the variety of bald, uh, bridge and tunnel accented (laughs) WFAN hosts screaming at each other in the aftermath of New York football disaster. That part of the content has been amazing, has been for sure amazing. And I think I've mentioned to you previously, Jet fans have been very on edge, I would say, for the last six weeks in that this, they're not used to the anticipation of being really, really good. You know, Jets fans have been, you know, sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop 
forever as far as I can conceive. So they've been very on edge. And every time one of our hosts has something negative about the Jets, I get tweets or emails telling me to, to go fuck myself for mm-hmm. hiring that person. Very, very on edge. So the the explosion of fights about the Aaron Rodgers thing has also given me a lot of, a lot of feedback as well. What's so. the even fight about? I mean, it's just is the, the season's over. It's not over. Is it? Is just that? That's the entire thing. What is it? Yeah, I think so. I think I think that is. I, I think the the natural inclination from it was a weird thing that first game because he got hurt, but also they beat the Bills in a sort of exciting game in a game that they could have folded. So I think to a certain extent that first week for Jet fans was the crushing disappointment of Rodgers, but also. You have this need. Sports fans want to believe that things are going to work mm. out, right? Just in general. That's why you watch sports. So, and you haven't seen Zach Wilson really play in, you know, eight months or something. So they say to themselves, you know what? Maybe we can do this. Maybe we can be good even without Aaron Rodgers. So that was the the fight of the first week. And then the fight of this week will be, was it Zach Wilson's fault? Was it not Zach Wilson's fault? Was it the defense? Was the offensive line? All that kind of stuff. But it's it, it it makes content a little easier, but it's less fun for everybody listening if the teams aren't, you know, good. So I saw a clip you posted and I wish I had done my research and knew who the men involved were. The bald men. Yeah, Brandon of, Tierney and Salakata. Okay, yeah. I, I got the BT in there. Yeah. And Brandon Tierney is doing this just high testosterone, angry <laughs> speech about how it's not over. Get up! <laughs> Don't walk around work like a loser. loser. He's, just, yeah. he's just so angry, angry, hopeful. It's just, it's almost how the Germans have these words to describe emotions that other people do not have, that there is a complexity there uh, to be this terrifyingly hopeful presence. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of it, his co-host says, I, I hate to tell you, BT, but I think the season might be over. And you, yeah. you really do fear for him. You yeah. fear for him. That correction in that moment with the tension in the room feels quite brave and maybe even needlessly provocative just in that setting. It was one of the greatest clips that I've been around in sports radio. First of all, Brandon just totally fucking losing it and giving a speech as if the team were in front of him. And then I have to give credit to... His, this is his real name. Tom Izzo is sort of our video and digital whiz at, mm. at WFAN. And Izzo is the one that takes those things and sort of like makes the correct. There's another guy named Anthony Gallo who does it, but Izzo is the, the maestro. And Izzo's like, I got to get this clip. And he very strategically put a couple of clips of Sal looking at BT while BT was going crazy of Sal just sort of <laughs> smirking and waiting and not totally knowing what he should do in the moment. And then his very quiet at the end, to your point, I don't know if BT, I think the season's over was masterful. <laughs> the, the entire, you know, what we do is honest, but it's also showbiz and it's also honest and it's also showbiz and just the, the, yeah. the execution of all of that. And, and by the way, BT is a diehard Jets fan. He was being yeah. honest, but you're on the radio, right? You know, so it was it was a great moment. And he folded immediately, too. I think he said something like, it might be over. 
you expected a fight right there. It was scary. Yeah, yeah. So well, you, you know, if, if your father's a mean drunk, you threw something at him. You don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, it was a it was a good moment. Sal and BT. When we put those those guys have only been working together since July. That happened after Craig Carton left, and we moved things around. And the the consensus amongst you know, even industry people and outside the industry is, I don't know how you can put these two guys together. They're going to murder each other. That was sort of the, <laughs> everyone thought that they were going to murder each other, but they've, they've worked together really, really well. And that, I thought that clip was an actually a really good, was really good evidence of being able to play off each other successfully. Well, I just love it. I love the art form. Yeah. I love sports talk radio. The greatest. Um, I once gave a talk uh, some Warriors fan brought me in. Tim Kawakami was there, and we, we gave a talk about the Warriors to a bunch of Google engineers. And mm. one of them walked up to me afterwards, and you could tell I could tell he was not a sports guy. And he asked me if I liked the movie Big Fan with mm. Patton Oswalt. And I felt he was asking me to needle me a little bit because the main character in that is a sports talk radio caller. And he's obviously, he's obviously pathetic, the Patton Oswalt character. And yet I had seen that movie and I, I, I like that movie with the guy who thinks up his little speeches about the New York giants and performs them. And he's got like a weird, perhaps homoerotic fixation on the guy who gets the sacks for the giants, the fictional guy. And I, I like that movie, but I want to know what do you, what do you as a sports talk maestro think of that movie? So I, I only know of the movie and I know the concept really? of the movie. Yeah. I think I've maybe only watched it for 10 minutes or something. I know I've seen Amazing. parts of it. I understand the general, you know, idea of it. I think, I think I would say generally having not seen the movie, people shit on sports radio callers like way too much. And, mm. and all Twitter is for sports is for regular people, for non-media is like their ability to voice how they feel about sports and engage with, uh, hopefully a lot of times engage with the media who they listen to and enjoy. And they get to, and, and in every, in, in my history, I've hosted a lot of sports radio shows and been on Twitter a long time. I've found way more destructive personalities and anger and threats on Twitter than I ever have with somebody I mm. argued with on the radio. Most of those conversations end with a, all right, you know, like a fucking, like, yeah, yeah. you know, you shake hands and walk away and everything's good. I mean, 99 out of a hundred. So I think it's sort of a, an unfair trope. I, I have a great admiration for the for the callers who mm. who sort of like step into the ring with the pro or whatever you know and go toe to toe with them i think it's fun i agree i'm just amazed you haven't seen this movie it's almost like uh, when they interview idris elba and he goes uh, i've never seen the wire which i like <laughs> i feel like he's yeah. just trolling an entire cohort of the media when he says stuff like that that he's just never bothered to watch it um i I quite admire that. Um, that that's remarkable to me that somebody made just a hyper specific movie about the industry that you've worked in for decades. And eh, you know, eh, rather check out something else. 
Well, in fairness, I've only, I've been in radio for 27 years, but I've only been in sports radio for 11. So mm. I think it's or 11 or 12. So I think it's possible that that movie even came out before I was in sports radio. And there was probably a time given that my dad was in it for so long. There's probably a time in my life where I was, didn't want to hear about sports radio at all, you know, mm. that it, it wasn't part of my life. I didn't care. So maybe it came out then. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, and also it's more about the callers than the actual behind-the-scenes industry, but I find that intriguing. Well, let's let's kick off the conversation with a, a starting-off point, a pretext, if you will, because I just enjoy bouncing all the topics of the day off Yeah, um, According to my sources, i.e. you, mm -hmm. uh, you listened to my discussion with Matt Kleiman, comedy mm -hmm. writer, striking comedy writer, yes. uh, talking about the throttling that Elon Musk has perhaps amplified as king of X slash Twitter mm -hmm. and how that has impacted uh, the virality of articles, uh, including but not limited to my own. Yep. And you believed that we sounded like whiny bitches. I'm paraphrasing. I don't know if you use that term. But I don't think it was something yeah. like that. Yes. Yeah, I think it was babies, but you had the, the tone <laughs> right. And and in fairness, I I told you I I listened to this podcast knowing that when you had your friend on before, he made me so mad that I turned off the podcast and then turn it back on and then turn it off. Sort of like that private parts time, <laughs> that scene in private parts where they tell Howard Stern, the people that hate him, listen for twice yeah. as long as the people that like him. So I turned it on. And honestly, the first, I even took notes. And also later, I want to go after one of your commenters that made me mad. But I, Oh, I, nice. Yeah, I, I listened to the first, <laughs> 29 minutes. That was the length of my run. And yeah, I did. I told you that you guys were babies in separate ways. So <laughs> here, here is my issue with your complaining about Elon throttling you, which mm. is not the first time you wrote that article, but it's not the first time I've heard it from you. And I say this, <laughs> and I say this with deep respect, so much respect that your claim of being a top 20 writer of your generation Though that is boastful, I think it is entirely possible. <laughs> I, I, I would like to, to drill down on it a little bit, but I, like, I, I, I think you could make the argument. I don't think it's crazy to make the argument. So to, to be clear, that is something that Matt said. I said, there is no evidence that I've ever said such a you thing, but continue, Spike. But you didn't deny it. Okay. So first thing, point number one. Links have been suppressed on Twitter for years, for years, mm -hmm. five years, at least that, that posts with links do not do as well as post posts without links. But here is my, my biggest issue is that you as a media and sports critic will look at a situation and a, uh, a property, whether it is a league or a network sort of declining in effectiveness and you'll point out, Hey, they're doing this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. And they're not doing anything about it. They're just hoping yeah. it'll solve itself. So here's Ethan and you are simply not good at Twitter currently. And yep. you're not effective on Twitter. And yep. that is a bigger factor of your links, not getting engagement than than any suppression whatsoever. In fact, I work for a place that gets regular engagement and if you would